Tandem Nomads, episode 114. Pretty, this is serious stuff, you know. Uh, my mother's gone. I need to help my father. My daughter's in crisis. What can I do that's, that's small but significant enough to keep the business going uh, with, with, within this unknowing, impossible-to-know situation and how it was going to unfold? Hello, Nomad Nation. Welcome to Tandem Nomads, the podcast show and entrepreneurship platform where you can find great inspiration and tips to grow a successful, portable business and thrive in your global nomadic life. This is Emel Deregi. I'm a business and marketing coach and your host in the show. So today's episode is about how to build a business that really fits to your needs, to your lifestyle, and to a busy, hectic life, but also how to turn a business that's originally very physical and demands a presence, a physical presence, into a successful portable business. In order to talk about this great topic, I have an amazing entrepreneur here who will share with you her journey, Alison Hamilton-Roy. So Alison, are you ready for this ride? Absolutely. Fabulous. So Nomad Nation, Allison uh, is a personal style coach. She's the founder and CEO of Daily Outfits. She creates a unique, uh, she created a unique trademark formula to help you create a personal style you inhabit with ease. Allison comes from the United States. Before moving abroad and launching her portable business, she used to work in medical advertising, developing campaigns for major corporate brands. Alison is actually a global nomad. She's also a TCK and she was an expat spouse. She lived in Belgium, UK and the Netherlands where she turned her, portable, her business into something portable. So she's currently back to the US living in Silver Spring, which is not too far from Washington, D.C., with her husband, two kids, and Dutch Bunny. <laughs> so, Alison, this is a short overview of who you are. Is there anything you'd like to add to that? And tell us what's happening in your world right now. Oh, that's a good question. Um, right now, I'm scaling up. I'm hitting the ground running. I'm excited to be back here in the U.S., Uh, and creating a new network uh, so that I can help women get to the next level. Fabulous. Before we go into your journey and how you turn your business into something portable, uh, when you say, I want to help women get to the next level, what do you mean mm -hmm. by that as a personal stylist? I think the core of my focus is visibility and for women to feel confident Uh, in stepping into that next space, whatever that means for them. Mm -hmm. So whether it's uh, promotion uh, and they need clothes to get up on a stage or into the boardroom, or it's going from corporate to being a stay-at-home mom and they want to invite other moms to become friends, or it's going from a long nonprofit career to being retired or, you know, launching a run for office. Uh, whatever that next thing is, you need to be visible and feel good uh, in how you're presenting yourself. And so my process helps you translate what's amazing on the inside so that people can immediately and readily understand that on the outside. 
Fabulous. I, I love how you bring it up and talking about transition, I guess this is what you help people do, go through life transitions by embracing who they are through their outfits, I guess. Truly. Yes. Wow. Wonderful. So um, could you tell us, let's take us to the moment actually bef shortly, um, not shortly, but when you quit your job and started your business. So you started mm -hmm. your business before you made it portable and before you moved abroad with your husband and for his, his job opportunity in the Netherlands. Yes. So tell us what got you to start this business and how did you have this idea of starting this business first place? Mm, I knew that I wanted to be my own boss uh, because my business the, of advertising uh, was, is a very FaceTime business. And um, I was not particularly happy with the amount of travel uh, and the amount of time I needed to spend in the office um, and coupling that with being a mom and coupling that with uh, my husband's opportunity to travel more, the math just, it just didn't add up. Uh, so I sent an email out to my friends and family and I said, if you've ever wanted to tell me what to do, now's the time. <laughs> and that's, this is what came back. And I was thrilled because it's exactly what I wanted to do, but I don't know that I would have had the courage uh, to step into it if I hadn't been encouraged by the people who love me. This is amazing that it's actually your surroundings, your friends and family that told you what you were good at and what you should do as a business. Mm -hmm. Are you saying that? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's amazing. And you know what? I'm really happy that you brought this up. I was not planning to talk about this, but to all of you Nomad Nation, I know that some of you here listening might not even have yet a business idea. And um, we have a program called the Business Idea Accelerator. And in the program, the beginning of it is exactly what you did. Like you need to first figure out what you're really good at. And to know that sometimes, you know, we lose confidence in the mix of all of this lifestyle and don't think we're good at anything anymore. That's not true. First of all, we're all the expert of something. There's always somebody who knows less than you about something. That's the first thing to realize. And then if you're looking for an idea, Nomad Nation, just to like Alison just did, look, ask the people around you what they will call you for if they needed your help. Mm, yeah. That's the question you want to ask. If somebody needs your help, what it be for? And you want to ask your family and friends and that might trigger some ideas like it did for Alison. So thanks for sharing that. This is yeah. a great start for all of you who now are looking for a business idea. But so you, you found this business idea and you started uh, styling people and doing wardrobe reviews, if yeah. I recall well, right? So could you explain us a little bit what it is about? So when uh, someone is struggling with their, their style, uh, the natural place to turn is to the existing pieces they have uh, to try and figure out what works, what doesn't work, and learn a little bit more about that process. For a lot of women, this is something we're sort of expected to know, uh, but are never really taught. Um, it can be quite confusing because women have lots of different body types and coloring, not quite as cut and dry as it is for men. Um, and yet, it's also something that we've been valued quite literally and now figuratively up, up with, you know, for eons. So it's important. So we go through the wardrobe and then we figure out what you need uh, what can you go, uh, or we go shopping. If you know, you just, nothing's working and you need a whole new wardrobe. 
Okay, that's interesting. So that was a very physical aspect of the business. You actually were at people's homes, at your clients' homes, women, because your niche were women going mm -hmm. through a transition in life, and uh, and you were helping them physically, either by shopping and going through their wardrobe. Um, one thing that I want to add to those of you who are looking for a business idea, I know that what you did, Alison, once you got your idea, you also got a training. You joined the Fashion Institute in technology of Technology, right? Yes. In New York. Yeah. So you got a training for that to learn on top of your personal natural skill for it you also got trained to get what you needed to be able to do that yeah at first I didn't even know that it was something you could be trained in uh, and then I learned that um, as I was doing it and then I went and started classes at FIT in uh, image consulting Image consulting. That's fabulous. Fantastic. So, okay, all of this, Alison, tell me if I'm wrong, but I have the feeling that all of this was a great start, that you actually started this business physically to start working with people physically. And that had prepared you for what was coming because mm -hmm. while you were growing your business, it was seemed to work well and everything. You got this big news that your husband was offered to go to the Netherlands. Yes. So take us through that. How did you react in what did you decide to do with that business? So uh, when I started the business, I also started a blog. Uh, so I had an online presence and I was monetizing it through affiliate marketing. Uh, it wasn't a big revenue stream for me, um, but it was something that I had going from the get-go. So Let's I explain for Nomad Nation what affiliate marketing mm -hmm. is, just to make sure that they know. Do you want to, do you want to explain? Sure. So uh, I, I was blogging, you know, kind of before blogging was cool. And I was trying to figure out how to explain what I was talking about in a visual way so that people could understand styling, colors, textures, all of these tactics we use to put together an outfit. So I was taking pictures from websites and my husband actually said to me, you know, you can get a snick of that business because that, that's part of the business that he's in. He's, that's a whole other story. But I was like, really, what's that? And so he told me about affiliate marketing. I was like, oh yeah, I can do that. So I signed up for uh, some aggregators that have relationships with retailers so that I could get code to put on my website instead of just taking the picture mm -hmm. and then it was a link to their website that would track it back to me so I would get a tiny percentage of that sale mm -hmm. exactly yeah so you get a commission for every sale that you encourage through your blog mm -hmm. um, and, and recommendation you make so that's mm -hmm. affiliate marketing which I really recommend you to consider all of you who are listening Nomad Nation if you have an online business affiliate marketing is one of the greatest way to create passive income because once you have shared your blog or that resource and promoted it every time a person clicks or purchases that object or whatever recommendation you're having you will get an income without having to work for it so because right. you have pushed it the only thing you have to do is a good article serve your community with good feed, valuable content but also work obviously at promoting it so yeah. that's a great tip already here so fabulous you already had some kind of basis before you went in the netherlands so i guess you continued in the netherlands to do that affiliate marketing but then what happened with the physical aspect of designing how did you how did you turn it into something portable? I really Styling, struggled. Sorry. 
I really struggled with that um, in the beginning. I thought, I can't possibly, I have to feel the fabric, I have to see my clients, I have to be in their wardrobe. So uh, I thought, well, okay, I can work on my marketing and make it better. So I went and spoke with a friend of mine who's a marketing guru. And she said, no, you need to work on your branding. So I said, okay, I'll go work on my branding. <laughs> and I worked with a branding coach and that's when I niched down further into personal style. And she helped me realize my zone of genius is this explanation, the teaching part, helping women understand how to do this, making it transparent so that uh, it's a skill that they learn from me and then they can go forth and do this on their own. So they're not continually coming back to me. Hmm. That's amazing. So you're teaching people how to do what you used to do for them. Mm -hmm. and, yes. and, and how do you do that? So how do you teach people how to do that? So it, it, it became clear to me as I was going through coaching that I could use the coaching model to help women understand and teach them the skills that they didn't have. So that's when I created my formula uh, to break it down into not just what flatters you, that's the first piece, but also what matters to you. So trying to clarify those core values that propel you and your purpose and how we make that apparent. And then incorporating into that your dreams. So what you wanna be going forward. Because what I found was I would get into the wardrobe or take women into the dressing room. So even when it was a physical business, there was a space there where the women I was working with didn't have a vision for who they wanted to be. Mm. And I wanted to help them create that vision. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, yeah. So you have transformed basically that into a sort of teaching and coaching business. In terms of business model what kind of packages do you have what kind of how did they you know how because I guess the, you were getting paid per hour or something like that no when you were doing this physically how are you doing that uh no I had packages then yeah, so right. it, was a, it was a wardrobe review and personal shopping is one really full intense day or you could do you know one at a time so there were different Different pricing. Different pricing. So how about online? How does that translate in terms of what are your packages online? I started out one-on-one -on -one, uh, with the program. So I had one program that's sort of soup to nuts where you create your personal style. Then you go into your wardrobe and shop the closet to see what you have that matches up. Uh, and then you go shopping. So that's uh, longer. And, uh, and then a shorter one. Uh, where you create the personal style and you action it by shopping. And what developed was realizing that I could do this over time or I could do it in one day, that everyone learns differently. So I needed to create different offerings. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I uh, took it from the one-to-one -to, -one to the group format. Okay, fabulous. So now you're doing it in a group format, I mm -hmm. guess it is. So what was the reason behind that? You can maybe explain us. Yeah, so I started out one-to-one, -one, but obviously that's a fairly high price point. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's only so many women who can participate in that. And frankly, there are also, there's need for that. You know, so if you're coming from a situation where you have a lot of emotional uh, issues 
with the way that you look, your visibility, being visible. A lot of this has to do with sexual abuse. Uh, There's there's a lot that goes into this. So if you need that one-on-one, you need the safe space, you need it around your schedule, um, there's a certain client that, that really needs that, wants that, and is able to pay for that. Mm-hmm. There are other clients who actually do better in a group format. Uh, it's more accessible in terms of price. It's uh, maybe a little less flexible in terms of schedule. Uh, but, um, but there's also a value to being in a group. Yes. And I guess there's so many hours in a day too. You have to price your one-on-one in a, in a more premium price also because you can't serve. There's a limit how many people you can have per day. Correct. Which a good segue to the other topic I want to talk about here is we talked a lot when we met about how you had to build a business that fits to your lifestyle because mm-hmm. you had a lot of challenges on the side of creating this great business, growing this business. You had a lot of things happening in your life and where there was not a space to fully focus on the business. So can you first take us through uh, okay, can you take us through those challenges that you've been through and how did you manage to build this business so that it works for you despite of everything that was happening? Yes. Uh, so I think this will be familiar to many people in your audience. When you go overseas with your partner, uh, you're all of a sudden, a- apart from your community, the, um, the people who love you and support you and know you, Uh, So all of a sudden, you're creating a whole new community. When you come up against challenges in your life, uh, it's therefore, uh, depending on your personality, uh, can be much, much more challenging to deal with those (laughs) challenges. Mm -hmm. So when we went overseas, my daughter had been having some challenges in school. Uh, I had known her entire life. She was sort of extra, if you will. We had made an appointment to have her evaluated, uh, and then uh, her teacher said, no, 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 we don't need it. So we went overseas, and then it turns out she was still having trouble. Finally, long story short, she was diagnosed with autism and ADHD Mm. uh, about a year and a half into our tour, just about when it was supposed to be ending. Mm. Uh, Two months later, I go back home with my kids, And uh, my mother has a massive heart attack and dies. Luckily, we were there. So, you know, I had seen her before she passed. Uh, But then there was my father to take care of. So I'm overseas. I have a special needs child. I'm trying to run my own business. My husband's traveling all the time. My mother, who's the one person who understands the issue with my daughter, is dead. My father, who's never taken care of himself in his life, because, you know, that's the way they did things when my parents married in 1950, uh, all of a sudden needs help. Mm. Uh, so <laughs> it was a lot. So how did you, I, I mean, I thank you for sharing that, because I know that a lot of us here might be listening and really <laughs> feeling for you and how you've been through, because we all know that a lot of us have been going through these crazy challenges when you live overseas and moving from a place to another, far from family and the support system. Yeah. So how did you, what, what did you do then when, to manage all of this turmoil? Uh, so when my daughter was diagnosed, Um, the school then took that opportunity to say that she could only go to school Mm part-time. 
being not in my own culture, I didn't know how to advocate for myself in that situation. Mm-hmm. I just sort of looked at them in disbelief uh, and said, I have a business, you know, how, how what, <laughs> excuse me? You know? uh, and uh, they were like, well, uh, there's no law in the Netherlands that they have to provide services. And as an American, that was completely astounding to me. But I had to roll with it, as you do. And so I canceled my upcoming business trip. And uh, my clients fully understood. My daughter was in distress. She was ill, uh, essentially. Um, and, uh, you know, had to reduce my hours. I also went to a coach at that time to help me figure this out. Mm-hmm. So she was a time management coach working specifically with mothers who work. Uh, and she was able to help me figure out, you know, how, how can I address my daughter's needs? Because uh, she's the most important thing right now and she's in crisis. But not sort of let go of my own needs. Hmm. It's fascinating. Well, first of all, I really want to highlight the fact that you reached out for help. Mm. You identify the problem. You have to roll with it, as you said. Now what? So the what is first get help with people who can help you deal with it. So I'm really um, happy that you brought that up to all of you who are listening. Never skip that part of reaching out to people who know what is the solution for you. Absolutely. Uh, and that's really important. Uh, you will maybe, you know, have to invest money in it, but you will save a lot more money of the money you will waste in a business that's not working and energy, let, let alone the energy and time and distress that it, it might bring you to not have your own needs met while you take care of your loved ones. So that's really important. So tell us a little bit of what she shared with you, this coach that helped you maintain the business at the pace that worked for you and your daughter. It's interesting that you asked that. I think the first thing that was most important, because my immediate thought was, do I need to give up? Mm-hmm. You know, do I need to put my daughter, this is pretty, this is serious stuff. You know, uh, my mother's gone. I need to help my father. My daughter's in crisis. You know, maybe I just need to stop. And she acknowledged my distress and she helped me, uh, figure out tactics. You know, we just brainstormed. What can I do that's, that's small but significant enough to keep the business going uh, with, with, within this unknowing, impossible-to-know situation and how it was going to unfold? Yeah. So she said, listen, you're already doing your marketing. You've got your website. Maybe you just don't take clients for a while. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, your daughter's in crisis. It's okay. Uh, but it doesn't mean you have to give up. <laughs> you just, you keep going. You keep everything going. You make a, a, a deal with your husband also, you know, that you're just, you're not going to be making some money for a while. And you're going to be spending some money on, you know, the website and whatever the services I was using because you have to take care of your daughter. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Just having that acknowledgement, I think, was like 80% of it. That's huge. That's huge. And, you know, the other thing I see in here is, first of all, uh, like we said, you reach out to help. But the second here is look at what's the situation, assess it, 
and figure out what's the minimum thing you can keep going. Mm. You don't need to give up. And for me, that's the biggest message here because I'm going to be completely blunt and open. Uh, my biggest frustrations when I work with expert partners from around the world who go through these issues, it's just, just to drop the ball. Mm. It's too hard. I'm just going to give it up and come yeah. back to it when it's the right time. The problem is it's rarely the right time. It's like having children. It's never the right time. <laughs> it's, never the, it's never the right time to take care of your needs. And time flies. Time mm. goes by. And then suddenly I can see it. I've seen it enough around me of people telling me I woke up and 10 years just passed by and I did not take care of myself and my own needs. Now my kids are leaving home. My husband is retiring and I have nothing for myself. Yeah. Culturally, it's, it's something that's supported, though. And this is something that women go through all the time. You know, the women I'm working with who want to get to the next level, who want to show up and, and be authentic and propel their particular purpose on this planet, there's so much pushback uh, for us to stay small. Yeah. You know, there's so many elements in the culture that want us to stay small and just be around as a caretaker. And it is it it does take courage to keep figuring this out. And it also is novel, you know, it's new. We're one of the first generations to sort of have have the opportunity even to figure this out. So it's it, it is hard, you know, and, and I wanna hold that up. It does, it takes energy, it takes courage, uh, but it's not easy. It's not easy. It takes courage, but it's possible. Mm, this is why you're here <laughs> to tell us that you're the living proof that you can't do it. Yeah. Because I, from our conversation that led me to ask you to come on the show, I know how hard you've worked to do this, but you never gave up. And you, but you didn't overwhelm yourself. You mm. figured out, oh, what's the minimum thing you can keep going? So just um, for me and the marketing perspective, what it means to me that I want to share, and you'd let me know, Alison, what you think. But mm. on a marketing perspective, I think it's about, you know, building the minimum consistency you can. And, uh, and I've been, you know, I, I share a lot with my audience about the moments where it's tough, the moments where it works. And it's all about being communicative with your audience. First of all, building your audience takes consistency. Mm -hmm. You need to show up on a regular time and regular base. Uh, and when things go wrong, just be human and explain explain that it's going wrong, uh, but also give a plan, give a deadline to say, I'm going to be back by this time. This is what's going to happen in the meantime. Mm -hmm. You know, communication is very important when you run a business to make it continue, even if you have to pause so that people are still there when you come back. So that's for me, a big message I want to share. I don't know if you agree with that, Alison. Absolutely. I chose consistency and showing up for my audience over income in, exactly. in this particular situation for me it was more important to continue writing and uh sharing my message uh to those who were uh listening for free mm -hmm. than to take clients at that time yeah that's amazing so that's so that you could have a presence that's already there when you're ready to come back and take yeah. new clients. Yeah. yeah. 
So um, I hope, Nomad Nation, that this could inspire you. And I love, uh, Alison, that you brought the societal aspect of this because mm-hmm. this is the reality. And we are one of those first generations who are trying to make it all work. Some people will tell you why. <laughs> why should we make it all work? It mm-hmm. is your choice. But I do think from all the stories I've heard around us that um, it is important to think about your own needs, even if you don't work, even if you don't have a business. Um, you cannot be a good take caregiver if you own if you don't take care of yourself so that's really really important and uh and taking care of yourself is also making sure that your needs and dreams are met absolutely that was i think one of the things that i learned most intensely throughout this period of time when i had i think four of the five stressors in life thrown at me in like a three-year period I mean, it really was, I needed to put that oxygen mask on first. Uh, And because I had been running so hard in my life to begin with, uh, I didn't have the bandwidth when when everything went kablooey, (laughs) you know? So uh, one of the things that the doctors actually told us as well in in the process of her diagnosis was, you need to put structures in place to make sure that you are caring for yourself. And all of the things that they told me, I was doing except for that. Mm. Wow. Except taking care of yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So so what happened then? I started to put them into place. Okay. (laughs) Good. I had to. I had to. Excellent. Excellent. So, you know, I'm really grateful that you shared that. So I hope that nomination, you, you got this, that you can build a business and grow a business and it doesn't have to run hundred percent all the time. But basically the big message is don't give it up to zero. Keep something, keep the minimum you can. Like if you're blogging, just keep blogging, for example, instead of every week, keep blogging every two weeks. Or, and, but communicate with your audience and keep in touch with those people on a regular basis. And um, so that's the biggest message. Don't just drop the ball. But then, okay, you had, you were quite challenged because I know that then afterwards, you also had your dad who was very sick and needed your yes. help. So you also needed to take the time for that. But at some point, things. Um, when did you start going back into full mode in your business, and how did you do that? Uh, I was able to dial back up once things settled down for my daughter, uh, and I made again made another deal with my husband that I would um, put everything back into the business. So every penny that I made, I reinvested because I knew at some point uh, we would not be in an expat situation. So I wanted to be able to hit the ground running with everything done. I wanted to take advantage of the expat situation as much as possible. Uh, So I also made another deal that I would fly back uh, whenever I needed to, uh, to help with my father. And so the last year we were there, I went back five times. Um, But then I realized I, I I couldn't do it. It was too much. I couldn't run the business, take care of my children, take care of my father, be on a flight every other month. It just wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's when uh, I said, we, we've got to go. And uh, we got to settle somewhere. And this is, I think, a very big challenge for global nomads because not everyone has the opportunity to, to say, we got to go. 
mm. uh, and, and stay somewhere for a while. Um, not everyone's career is set up that way. So I realize that's a privilege uh, that I, that I was able to exercise, you know, the I'm out <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hard, you know, yeah. and, and go and care for my father. I'm so glad that you bring this up. And uh, the biggest message also for me here is the partnership. And this is why it's called Tandem Nomads and not Expert Spouse, for instance, yeah. as a show, is because this is a team deal. Yeah. And I love that you, bring that you keep bringing up the deal that you have with your <laughs> husband each time, because this is how it works. You're not alone in this. And, and you're two. And with your kids, you're the number that you have. So um, your kids also should be aware and, and, and know about what's happening and have a deal with them. So that's the first message. Don't do this alone. Get your partner involved in whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. Another thing I want to touch upon, and you've said how privileged you felt about being able to make that call and say, we're out. We're going to go back home and that's it. We can't keep going like this. Mm -hmm. um, I also think it takes courage. Mm. Sometimes it is not easy, but it's possible. Mm. It's just a tough decision to go out of our comfort zone, to go back home when we have been experts of our life. It's yeah. tough. Yeah. So I think here it's all about sitting down, having that conversation with your partner and understanding what is most important at this point. Yeah. What is the most important thing? What are our values and what matters most? And is that stopping us? You know, um, is the choices by not doing something about it stopping us from getting there? Yeah. I, th I think that's really important. I think you had your, you know, you had your priorities clear, so clear that you could say oh, we're out of here. But I think it also takes courage. It is an uncomfortable decision to make there to is say this no... is not working. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you hit the nail on the head yeah. there, Amel. I mean, it was not an easy decision. It was not. It was not something where we were both on board right away. Yeah. I'll just put it that way. It was tough. It was tough, but you made it and you made it work. And uh, do you regret it now that you're back? Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. You know, there are things I think that become clear in life when something is an easy yes. And, you know, for, for example, when the opportunity came up, it was something we both wanted. It was something that had brought us together at the beginning of our relationship. It was a dream mm -hmm. for us to live overseas and share that experience that we had as children with our children, it was amazing to be able to give that to them and to, to fulfill that dream, you know? But then at a certain point, it wasn't a dream anymore. It was, it was too hard. Mm -hmm. And to shift course and say, you know what? For the first time in my life, I don't wanna be overseas. Mm -hmm. You know, I need to be back home. I need to help care for my brother. I need to help care for my father. I just, you know, we need schools for our kids. We need stability. We, we need things that I never thought I would ever need. Yeah, that's amazing, huh? So I'm, I'm grateful that you share that so authentically. Thank you so much for, for, for bringing that up very transparently because I know it's hard to also share that part. Um, so now that you're back, you've shared with me that you're ready now to, you're, you're actually not ready, you already started kicking off your business and scaling yeah. it up and making it profitable. Yeah. So what did you do once you were ready to kick it off? What was like the next thing? That well, you know, it, bang? It's fun because as, as you build a base, there are things that are hard that you sort of master, right? So like I said, I didn't give up my marketing, you know, when everything went kerflui and my daughter was diagnosed. So I kept that going. Then as I stepped up, I, you know, I started speaking. 
I created my packages, I created the online platform. So once we were back here, uh, I, I sell my classes online. Um, the, the next step was to put them in this platform and make it easy. So now we're in uh, Thinkific, we deliver the classes, they're all like in 15 minute increments so that it's easy for the client and they can access it anywhere in the world. Uh, and that is allowing me to think about, you know, how to scale. So I do cohorts now, I sell the class seasonally. So there's this amazing masterclass experience. My schedule is very clear. I've got my talk already. You know, it's, it, it's all, I just have to reach out and get those opportunities to speak. The book is written. I have an agent. You know, it's like everything's, it's just now it's time to put in the work, reach out, say I'm ready. And hopefully the universe will say, okay. Fabulous. And you already started having your classes and your group coaching. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all, it's it's all, all running. Yes, it's all running. It's all running and you're just ready now to scale. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to share also highlight a little bit that you do have an online course and that's an amazing other way to build, you know, to build revenue without having to put in your physical time into it. It takes time to build a course. It takes effort, you know, at the beginning to launch it, to promote it. But at least you don't have to repeat the same content again and again and again with every single client. You just send them the video and then you meet them for the more personal, direct advice they might need. So yes. that's an amazing way to build a portable business and a flexible business. Yeah. It's fun too because once you've developed the material, uh, and so I've got all the material now in these, in these videos and program emails, um, I, I think it's it gets, it allows me to do what I really enjoy and this part that's really special, which is the feedback. Mm -hmm. So I can give that one-to-one, -one, even in the group format in office hours, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so that it's doable, it's, it's accessible in terms of price. Um, and it's also, it continually is fresh and fun, uh, not only for the client, because they feel that energy, but for me, you know, mm -hmm. as well. So I can give what really makes me special, um, having all that content kind of in the can, as you say, um, it, you know, so they get that and they get the, the one-to-one -one feedback part. That's fantastic. That's amazing. So I'm really excited for you. It's just the beginning of an amazing journey. And in just a few months, I could see your progress and you've been growing so fast. You said you have a book in the making. So what's that book about? So when we, uh, when I told my husband I needed to move back, um, we got the opportunity to stay another year and we needed to do that for my daughter. And that was when I made the deal, right. To fly back five times. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> so at that time I said, okay, I, I wrote my book proposal and I got an agent and I knew as you know, you do as well. Moving is hard. Settling is hard. I knew I was going to have to care for my father once I was back here. So uh, I said to my husband, okay, you know what? I'm just going to write the book now because I've, I've written the proposal. I've got the agent. It's, I'm, it's all in my head. I just have to write it. So it's, I just wrote it. Wow. It's written. The discipline uh, here. I just want to highlight that. 
you know, you want something done, you put yourself into it. I'm sorry to say, you just <laughs> put your butt on the chair and you do it. Yeah. And I think that's really important. That's basically, there's no shortcut there. You no. want to get something done, you just put the discipline into it to make it happen. Yeah. And you had a deadline. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just said, okay, I've got nine months before we're moving and I'm going to write the book now. And I wrote it. It was okay. like unbelievably So what is the book about? Sorry? What is the book about? It is the book format of my formula. So I explain everything, uh, how, how you come up with what flatters you, what matters to you, your dream, how you put it into practice, all the different tactics uh, to sort of create a, a Bible, if you will, uh, for how you create your personal style. Because can you believe there isn't one out there? Is it possible? I know. There are all <laughs> these books about who has great personal style. Mm -hmm. And there are all these books about how you can clean out your closet. And there are all these books about image, like image consultancy, like how you make yourself look better mm. and more attractive. But there's no book on how you create your own bespoke, unique, true, authentic to you personal style. So, mm. you know, I had to write it, ML. Here we go. That's amazing. So what is it planning to come out? Well, I haven't sold the proposal yet. Okay, good. So we can't wait for that. We're going to stay tuned and wait for that to come. And if, you know, if I don't sell the proposal, I'm going to self-publish it. It's Yeah, it's, definitely. I'm not waiting around anymore. Yeah. So we'll... <laughs> Wonderful. I think you can definitely do that. And, um, and so tell us about where we can find more about your services and your packages and your courses. It all starts with dailyoutfit.com. Dailyoutfit.com. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Nomad Nation, if you want to learn more about how Allison can help you, the personal style, but also get to know, you know, how her business works and follow her amazing blog and uh, um, she's got some great content. I know that you're really active on Facebook Live. I love to watch all your lives. are really engaging and very inspiring. So you can go uh, Nomad Nation to out dailyoutfit.com. I will also put all the information in the show notes of this episode, which is tandemnomads.com slash 114. And you will find all the information about Alison there. Um, Alison, before we say goodbye, what would be your biggest message to all of those who are listening and who want to build a portable business that really fits to that lifestyle and all the crazy stuff that are happening without giving up on their business? It is absolutely possible. You know, you can figure it out. And if you can't figure it out, there are people who can help you figure it out, like you. Uh, or, you know, they can ask me or they can talk to, you know, there are so many ways to get. And all you need to know, all you need to figure out is the next right step. You don't have to figure it all out, like from soup to nuts. You don't have to know what the trajectory is until you get become profitable. You just need to take that next step. One baby next step at a time. And the next one. Yeah. Oh my God. I cannot stress. I think we need to re-listen to this part again <laughs> and again because it's so fabulous. I love that it is possible. You can do it. Get the help you need and you don't need to get it all figured out right away. Just start with the first step. I just, I'm just going to end it here. There's nothing else to add. Thank you so much, Alison, for all your great insights. This was really inspiring. I'm really grateful that you came to share your story with us. My pleasure.
So Nomad Nation, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Alison. Make sure to go to tandemnomads.com slash 114. I would also love you to leave a review on iTunes if you enjoyed it. Let us know what you liked about it, how it has impacted you. I will always love to hear about how things are impacting your experience with building your own portable business. I look forward to meeting you in the next episode. Stay tuned to turn your challenges into great opportunities.